This message was presented through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Um, I, I love it to have this activity all the time. So, because first of all, now you know the other better. Huh? Um, we are not so acquainted with each other here. And now you know the guy next to you and that he is impatient to put this stick down, huh? <laughs> uh, so, who of you felt comfortable while doing this activity? Ah, okay. Some, some. Can, can you tell us why? Oh, you did this before. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's, it's fun to see how people react. Huh? Okay, someone else? I was counting on three so that we would uh, do this on time. Okay, you, so you take a leadership position. Huh? Uh -huh, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, but let me ask another question. What was the challenge in the group? Communication. Was it an issue of communications? What, what else? Balance? Okay, so your group was unbalanced uh, one way or the other? <laughs> okay, what else? Cooperation. Well, cooperation needs something more huh, than just coming together and doing something. Uh -huh. Okay, so? Trust. Oh, trust. That's an important thing. Something else? Understanding. Okay, there was a barrier, a language barrier, no translators. Yeah? What's going on here? Excuse me? Control? Oh, control. Okay. So someone had to control the whole process, huh? Okay. So something else you want to mention? Listen. That we had to listen. Okay. Who of you who are naturally born leaders were struggling with this activity? Struggling, I mean that you could not take the leadership position you are used to have. <laughs> well, some, someone? <laughs> yeah? Saying, well, I know how this works, but I cannot because these guys will not follow me. <laughs> I thought about telling them what to do because I have experience, but, but I didn't do it because I wanted to see how they thought. Ah, nice kind of leader, huh? Standing there. Two, boom. I have the experience, but I don't tell you. <laughs> yeah? Oh, that's funny, huh? <laughs> okay, okay, yeah? <laughs> it's nice. So that is my position. They're going around <laughs> all the time, seeing, oh man, there's a leader. So we, we, had a, we had a situation at church, and someone who was, who was a naturally born leader, he stood beside someone else, and he said something in German. Uh, I, I, cannot, I cannot translate it, but it was Dumpfbacke. So it's something, um, hey, you didn't understand what to, what to do. So, and this guy, he was, so, he was so upset. And he sat down, he said, he said Dumpfbacke to me. <laughs> so because he never expected that this very calm guy 
would say Dumpfbacke, something, okay. Uh, okay, let's go on. Um, so I, I love this uh, because it's a real challenge, and some of you performed very good, and I've seen there was, where have been some natural leaders. I would see you in some other activity. No, 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 no. I want to see you as a leader for God's cause. That's even better. Okay, so let's go into the presentation. Um, yesterday, we, we heard some stories about spiritual leadership. I just want to, to uh, repeat what you have heard. The story of the GYC. Have you heard the story of the GYC yesterday? Okay. So, something that was on the mind of four or four five people, and they started a whole movement, a worldwide movement. That's the reason why we are here today, okay? That's part of leadership. Um, or you heard about the story about Abram LaRue, the one who went to China without support of the church, did it by himself at the age of 65 or 66, something, yeah? That's leadership, okay? So... Leadership is a, spirit, is, is a biblical concept. Can you tell me something from the Bible that gives you some insight into biblical leadership? Just one text, for example. Okay. Paul said, follow me as I have followed Jesus. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Okay. So... What is that kind of biblical, uh, spiritual leadership or biblical concept in Matthew 28? Nehemiah. So we had this in the morning also was mentioned. Nehemiah, he's one of these leaders, spiritual leaders. But in, in Matthew, we have this great commission, this call to make disciples. Okay, that's the biblical concept. So anything is based, when it comes to leadership, anything is based on the Great Commission. Yeah? Okay, um, there are certain terms describing leadership. You found terms like leader or guide, Romans 2, or in Matthew 23. You find terms like elders in 1 Timothy. Or you find the term Shepherd. That is the biblical term for a leader. He's a shepherd. And it has some connotations. It has, some, 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 uh, has a set of values ingrained. Yeah? So when we say someone is a shepherd. Okay. Um, the biblical concept of leadership, of spiritual leadership, is that everyone is called, according to Matthew 28. Everyone is called. So sometimes we want to assign leadership to some special people, some professionals, or some people who are specially gifted. But that's not the point. The Bible points out that you and I are called to be leaders. Sometimes we, we think leaders are just the big people, those who are influential. That's not true. Everyone is an influential People. Everyone. Okay? So that is just to have the, the, the foundation. 
biblical or spiritual leadership is not an office. It's a calling. So and sometimes people confuse this concept again and say, well, there are some called, just some are called for, uh, to be apostles or evangelists or prophets. It's just for some. It's not for the whole church. Okay, untrue. Who's called according to Matthew 28? All believers are called to make disciples. So you will have an influence. As soon as you put your food on the ground, you will have influence. Okay, but sometimes we're not aware of it. Okay, let's see what I have here. Uh, it's, it's difficult. I need a third hand uh, to move my sheets here and to press the button and so on. Okay, we'll see. Let's go. Um, Okay, um, it's a I told you that it's a biblical concept. Um, let me give you some quotations. Okay, so for, for all those who want to read a little bit more, um, some of my presentation derives from this book. It's from Blackaby and Blackaby, um, Spiritual Leadership. Um, if you want to read something really deep into this topic, Read this book. It's very good. Yeah? Spiritual leadership, Blackaby. Okay. So you, you will see some quotes here. Okay. Um, Blackaby and Blackaby said that spiritual leaders or spiritual leadership is not an occupation, it's a calling. Christian business people, physicians, educators, politicians, and parents all ought to be spiritual leaders. More and more people in secular occupations are taking that calling as spiritual leaders seriously. And they are impacting the world and extending God's kingdom. Okay? So, it's a calling. Um, let's see what we have here. Okay. Another quote from Blackaby. Christian leaders who know God and who know how to lead in a Christian manner will be phenom phenomenally more effective in their word than even the most skilled and qualified leaders who lead without God. Have you, have you understood what they are saying? Yeah? Christian leaders who know God and who know how to lead in a Christian manner will be more effective than the best skilled secular leader. So that's amazing. Okay, so God is appointing, sometimes God is appointing uh, people to special assignments or purposes, but this will not um, intervene or interfere the concept of uh, spiritual leadership. So, in the light of the Bible, leadership is always spiritual leadership. It's not just leadership. You cannot make yourself a spiritual leader. You have to be called by Christ. So what comes first to be a spiritual leader? That you will have a real encounter with Christ, that you know God by yourself, personal experience. Okay? So we'll go into this uh, in a little more depth later on. Um, let's take... Okay, that's too fast. Um, <clears throat> let's take a look into the Bible. Um, oh, I forgot something. Uh, we should have a break, huh? So that we will not worn out after two hours <laughs> completely. Um, so this workshop will last until 5.30, is that right? Um, is it 5? 
Oh, 5.30. Well, wow. I want to extend it. So, 5. Okay. So, we will take a break in, um, yeah, at 4. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay, good. So, remind me, someone who does this sign here when it's time to have a break. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's go into our Bibles and open it in First Samuel, chapter 3. Verse 10. First Samuel 3, verse 10. The Lord, came and stood, uh, the Lord came and stood there calling us at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. So calling needs that we are able to listen. Listen to the voice of God. But often, we turn this Bible text around. And, uh, well, the way um, that we say, listen, Lord, uh, for your servant speaks. Uh, so, but we, we have to listen first. Um, because God, God wants to call us, and we need to listen to him. That is spiritual leadership. That, that, that is the point where spiritual leadership starts. But sometimes we are not sure if uh, the calling we feel has affirmation. So because calling needs affirmation. If not, you will become someone who is very lonely. Uh, we, we have these people around uh, who feel a calling, whoever, who feel that they have an assignment, but no one will affirm it. Okay, so in uh, spiritual leadership, in spiritual leadership, a calling is always affirmed. So how did this happen? Um, affirmation is something subjective to a person. It's something out of your experience. God is speaking to you, putting a burden on your heart. That's the first part. But the second part is a more objective part um, because the Bible offers instructions of values that you can prove your calling. Okay, we, we cannot do it in detail, but just that you, I, I can pinpoint it only. And the second part is a community aspect. Because ch church is made up of many people, you need to be affirmed. You need an aff affirmation of the congregation, of other people. That is what happened in Acts 5 or in Acts 15. So the whole congregation affirmed the calling of someone. Okay? And that's very important. If you want to be a spiritual leader, you need support. And that means you need affirmation. Okay? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Blackaby and Blackaby. I, I will give you some... Um, oh, we had this one here. I'll give you something from them about spiritual leadership. What is spiritual leadership? Or what are spiritual leaders? Um, Blackaby and Blackaby say spirit, the, the spiritual leader's task is to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Okay? From where they are to where God wants them to be. Second thing, spiritual leadership depends on the Holy Spirit. Naturally, huh? Logical. Okay. Um, 
The third thing is spiritual leaders are accountable to God, not to man. So spiritual leaders are accountable to God. That's because sometimes spiritual leaders are not understood. Sometimes you do things and people say, you're, you're crazy. You, you can't do this. So you're accountable to God. But you need also affirmation, as I mentioned before. Okay, then he, they mentions that spiritual leaders can influence all people, not just God's people. Who of you ha has read the book or one of the books from Roger Monod um, about prayer? Okay, so you know about how a spiritual leader can influence ungodly people. Yeah, so I, I love these books. I, I have a set of books here right with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so these books are special to me. They have a place on the shelf beside my bed. Yeah, so if you don't have these books from Roger Monod, try to get a copy of them wherever you can get. You know, these books, I, I, I believe they are sold out. They are not in print anymore. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I have them in German and English. So, um, very, very strong, um, powerful, what he is saying about um, prayer. Okay, so we can influence all people. You know, if you're, yes, the titles from the, from the books. Um, let, let me see, because the German title is totally different. Um, it's Incredible Answers to Prayers. And the other one is More Incredible Answers to Prayers. And the next one is When You Need Incredible Answers to Prayers. Okay, <laughs> that's easy to... So remember, Answers to Prayers, Roger Mono. Okay, <laughs> good. Um, yes, so uh, a lot of you will not go into... Um, pastor ministry or, or something that is affiliated with the church, but you can be spiritual leaders to others, even those who are in a secular environment. Yeah? So you can influence people. And when you go to, to prayer, then you will see how this is possible and how we need this kind of influence. Okay, last thing is um, <clears throat> spiritual leaders work from God's agenda. So because... God's purpose, His purpose is to turn people away from their self-centeredness and from our sinful de desires and then draw us to Him into a relationship with Himself. Okay? That is spiritual leadership. That's part of it. So the key for spiritual leaders is to understand God's will and not to, not to do what is just on their minds, what they dream, what they envision. Okay? So remember Peter. The apostle, the disciple, he had his own agenda several times. was not in according to God's will. So he had to change okay, before he could be a spiritual leader and to, to be a shepherd to the flock. <clears throat> okay, so the most important characteristic of a spiritual leader is to be a follower. So before you can lead, you have to follow. So there's nothing like um, a leader out of the blue and who has never tried to follow. Okay? So that's not, that's not an easy task. Um, 
Let's see, I think, oh yes. Um, oh, let me put this first. I, I added this, it's, it's important. Because sometimes we think about leadership as doing something, okay? But in, in, in all these new upcoming management theories, and also in, in pedagogics and so, wherever you have this stuff, you find that leaders are more people who be, okay? So you are the whole person. You, if you want to be a leader, you have to be. That's, that's so influential to be a leader, not to do things a leader does, okay? So doing is just 30%. And talking is 10%. I, I should stop here. <laughs> so if I want to be a leader, I should do something with you, show you something about my own life. Yeah, or as Amy mentioned in the morning, you should observe me when I'm alone. That makes me a leader or not. Okay? So leadership is about being. And that means being you will be a role model. If you want to be a leader, you have to be a role model to people. Okay? So it means that you have to be... Um, oh man, this word is hard to, to... You have to be authentic. You have to... Uh, you need to be an integer person. Your integrity... Is, is important, okay? And, and not so much the tools you have. Tools are important at a certain time, but not as you look at the whole concept of a spiritual leader, okay? Um, there's a saying, it's uh, because of competence we are hired, because of char character we are fired, okay? <clears throat> so it's our being. So you have to be a leader. You cannot make up a leader. You cannot do a leader. You are a leader or you're not. Okay. Good. So what was the next thing? Okay. There's the quote from Alan White. Uh, to be a follower is the most important characteristic of a spiritual leader. Those who control others should first learn to control themselves. Unless they learn this lesson, they cannot be Christ-like in their work. They are to abide in Christ, speaking as he would speak, acting as he would act, with unfailing tenderness and compassion. So how can you learn this kind of being? You have to follow. You have to follow Christ. So that is when Christ mentioned, uh, when, when he was calling the first disciples, uh, he said, come here after me, come here behind me, follow me. That's the meaning. So you cannot follow if you go beside a person. You have to step behind the person. So that means that you have to go the way he goes. Okay, you have to follow on every step. That is what we have to learn. So if you, if you will not learn to follow, you cannot lead. Um, maybe, maybe I should share a personal experience right here. Because sometimes we, we as people are tempted, and even more when you have the, the natural inclination of um, 
of thinking of yourself being something bigger than you are, um, uh, then, you, then you need some lessons. <laughs> so um, sometimes it came to my mind, oh, I, I want to get a doctor's degree. I want to be a professor. I want to teach. And um, well, these guys down there in the classroom, they are not as good as I am. So, uh -huh. yeah. so and then... I hear what God says, hey, take this tool and sweep the stairs. What? That's not my calling. I am a pastor. Why should I sweep the stairs? Yeah, because I was used to be a dormitory dean. So and you have to clean the hallway sometimes and the stairs. And you have to oversee the whole building. <laughs> There's one of... Oh, oh man, of the of the prisoners. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> um, but sometimes I was wondering, God, why why do I have to do this? I, I have not studied for that. That's not so that's not so hard to do. Students can do that. But then it came to my mind that I have to be humble, and they have to take the assignment. God assigns me to. And they have to follow. So Jesus was a servant. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. Jesus went the way we should follow. Partly, we cannot go to a cross, I know. But we have to follow him. We have to be like him. So to show Christ-like character traits. First John 2, verse 6. Thank you. Yeah, please, please. It's in German. So, First John 2, verse 6. Thank you. That is, that is workshop. Huh? Working together. First John 2, verse 6. Must walk as Jesus did. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah? So we have to walk as he did. Okay? So we have to be followers. Okay. So let's go. There's a lot more. Um, so if I will be so slow, we will never make it. Um, Jesus is a role model. So we have the quotation here. There's another one. Yes. Um, good leaders are good followers. Their spiritual life and power was dependent on a close connection with the one by whom they had been commissioned to preach the gospel. That is about the disciples, the apostles, the first church. Their spiritual life and power was dependent on a close connection. Okay? <coughs> and, um, yeah, spiritual leaders understand that God is their leader. Under the wise leadership of the apostles who labored unitedly in the power of the Holy Spirit, the work committed to the gospel messengers was developing rapidly. Okay, so the closer our connection to God is, or will be, the more, more rapid will be the results. Okay, so and that, that is a promise. I, I believe in that. Okay. Believe in Him. He will hear your prayer and come to your assistance. 
In much less time than the public convenience could take one, two, three, or four men from a long distance at a great expense to decide questions which the God of wisdom can decide far better for you. Wow. So spiritual leadership is relying on God, is to be dependent on God. So sometimes we, we ask people for guidance when we should ask God instead of. So close connection, spiritual leaders will follow. Okay? Um, Key issue for leaders is to obey and preserve everything the Father has, is, is revealing to them. The path of men who are placed as leaders is not an easy one, but they are to see in every difficulty a call to prayer. Never are they to fail of consulting the great source of all wisdom. Strengthened and enlightened by the master worker, they will be enabled to stand firm against unholy influences and to discern right from wrong, good from evil. What do you say? That's something challenging, huh? They will approve that which God approves and will strive earnestly against the introduction of wrong principles into his cause. You know, and that's so important that we are spiritual leaders. You can buy into leadership today, into secular leadership, and you can go astray. There is a spiritual foundation for spiritual leadership. And this is that you will have a close connection with the God of the universe. Okay, so where we are here. Okay, okay, okay. So let's see. It's the next one. Um, yeah. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Who... Who of you are struggling to do this, the very first work each day? Be honest. Be honest. Yeah, I'm struggling too. But this is something we need to become really spiritual leaders, to consecrate ourselves to God. That does not mean that we have to do it in, in a lengthy manner. But just be aware. When you wake up, first thing. Consecrate your life to God first in the morning. Let your prayer be, take me, O Lord, as holy thine. I lay all my, all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be, be wrought in thee. This is a daily matter. Each morning, consecrate yourself to God for that day. And here's something, something important I want to uh, emphasize. It says, I lay all my plans at thy feet. If you want to be a spiritual leader, put your plans to his feet. Please. Um, let me see. Maybe there's a... Uh, it goes here. <laughs> okay. Surrender all your plans to him to be carried out or given up. Interesting. Spiritual leaders. You have, some, you have some plans? You have some dreams? You have some imaginations? What to be done? Maybe you can carry it out. Maybe you have to give it up. It depends on him. 
His providence, uh, up as his providence shall indicate. Thus, day by day, you may give, uh, maybe giving your life into the hands of God, and thus for that your life will be molded more and more after the life of Christ. Okay. Okay, so a simple model of leadership. Do you want to have a simple model of leadership? There were so many quotations. Okay, you can reread them if you get the material. But a simple model of leadership? Easy, huh? Listen, learn, lead. <laughs> that, that is just summing up what, uh, what I've shown you so far. Listen. Have a close connection to God. Learn, follow Christ day by day, and then lead because you have a calling. You are called to be a leader, each of you. Okay. Um, yeah, there are some, some more quotes, uh, interesting quotes. Leadership is not so much the exercise of power itself as the empowerment of others. That is also an important thing of leadership. It's the basics, yeah? So when you lead people, it's not to glorify yourself. It's not that you're so important, but it's that you have to empower others to catch up with the work because someday you will be old and you will not have the power anymore to do the work. And then someone else has to do. Someone else has to continue the work. So I'm growing old. And you, you're younger than me. You have to carry the work, with the work any further. So I have to empower you. And that is what you have to do. If you have learned something from Christ, give it to others. Empower them. Help them. That is this, the, the emphasis of it. Um, <clears throat> Ellen White says, leading man should place responsibilities upon others and allow time to plan and devise and execute so that they may obtain and experience. Give them a word of counsel when necessary, but do not take away the work because you think the brethren are making mistakes. That is something interesting, huh? Sometimes we think, oh, you made a mistake, so, okay, I take the assignment back. You're not worth doing. Okay, no, no, no. No. <coughs> allow time to plan. That is empowering others, allow time to plan, devise and execute, yeah? So you need time for everything. And then they should obtain an experience. And if they do wrong, okay, you will learn by failure. That's a very important part of leadership. Um, yep. And here, oh, in the common walks of life, there is many toiler patiently treating the round of his daily task, unconscious of latent powers that rose to action would place him among the world's greatest leaders. The touch of a skillful hand is needed to arouse and develop those dormant faculties. You know? Maybe some maybe you see someone like like I mentioned before, sweeping stairs. But there are latent powers in this person you have never discovered yet. But maybe you need time to talk to this person. 
Maybe you need time to observe. Is there something more? And maybe he can do greater things than you will have expected of him. Okay, so there's something. It's called the uh, spiritual leadership matrix. I just to... Um, no, no, let, let's skip this. If, you have, if we have time, we can come back to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's too much. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Spiritual leadership means um, making decisions. I think Amy mentioned something in the morning about making decisions. So El, what Ellen White is saying basically is um, better to decide to do something than not. Better to make a mistake than do nothing. Okay? And that is part of leadership. Yeah? So we, we should decide. We should be able to make decisions. So leaders are those people who can make decisions. Not fearing to make a mistake. Mistakes will happen. But... To be reluctant, to be, uh, what, to be, uh, I'm missing the word, um, hesitant, thank you, to be hesitant, that, that is something that is serious, yeah? we should go forward, we should decide, and sometimes I'm wondering, uh, God, should I go this way or that way, should I do this or that? We have to count on God. Even we take the wrong direction. Because he can redirect. If we have a close connection, we will hear his voice. No, 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 no. The other way. Do it this way. Do this or that. Okay? So close connection to God. Doesn't mean that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit all the time. But you will have this impression or maybe there are other people talking to you and giving you advice, and you will know where God wants you to go. Okay, so, um, no, it's not 4 o'clock, so we have a little bit more time. <coughs> There's something else. Uh, learning from failure, I mentioned it. Leave others to plan, and if they fail on some things, do not take it as an evidence that they are unfitted to be thinkers. Yeah? So, this is true for others, should be true for us as well. Okay? And um, something that, that characterizes spiritual leaders is that you can endure criticism. Hmm. That's not easy, huh? So if everything goes well, if you're in the flow, and everyone pleases what you're doing, Perfect. You, know, you feel good as a spiritual leader. But when they criticize you, can you endure it? Listen here. It is a mistake to withdraw from those who do not agree with your ideas. This will not inspire brethren with confidence in our judgment. It is our duty to counsel with our brethren and to heed their advice. We are to seek their counsel. And when they give it, we are not to cast it away as if they were our enemies. Unless we humble our hearts before God, we shall not know His will. For me, that is, oh man, I can tell you, it's, it's so hard for me to take criticism of others. 
So I was in class at Andrews, um, preaching class, and I, I had my first sermon in English. And then the students reacted, and they gave their insights and their impression. And so suddenly I, I heard this voice from the corner of the classroom, the professor there over there, and he said, put him to pieces, guys. <laughs> What, 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 what comes next? <laughs> Criticism. <laughs> I, I was so, I was so scared. What would come next? And I wanted to have this open hole in the front and <laughs> disappear. <laughs> okay? So criticism is something hard to stand. Okay. But we have to learn. Yeah? Okay, so we skip this one, and now we have the break earlier than I told you. Okay, for seven minutes. We restart here at five, five past, five to five. What? Five minutes to four. Sorry. Four. Well, let me say it, 3.55. That's easier for me. Okay. Okay, now we will come to the more practical part of it. Um, the how-to. So because sometimes we, as spiritual leaders, we, we feel overwhelmed. And we think, oh, how can I manage this? How, wh where are the tools uh, I need to, to do something good for the cause of God? And a lot of uh, this how-to has to do with myself. So I want to focus now on self-management yeah? so that I will not burn out, that uh, I will not become depressed so that I can fulfill what God wants me to do. Okay, so first of it, and uh, for some that is theoretical stuff, but it isn't. It's practical. Um, is Small portion about prayer. So because prayer is a cornerstone of leadership. Prayer is not a tool. Sometimes we use prayer as a tool. And that is not the intention of prayer. Prayer is the foundation of spiritual leadership. So if we understand spiritual leadership as acting, as the acting of the spirit through human agents, we have to ask for an attitude which allows God to communicate His will to us. <clears throat> um, when, you, when you look at the life of Jesus, and you can open your Bibles if you have, uh, in Matthew 14, 23, then you see that Jesus' life was embedded with prayer. And that is something we should follow. That our life will be embedded with prayer. In Acts 2, you see that the, that the early church was united in prayer. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 11, you find that intercessory prayer is, a, is an important part of the life of the church. And even for spiritual leaders, okay? Um, prayer, 
And that, that the prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit is something that is central to Jesus' teaching. You find it in Luke 11, verse 11 to verse 13. So if we want to become or remain spiritually um, filled leaders, we need prayer. Prayer that is oriented at people, or on people, is it on or at? I don't know. Um, that means intercessory prayer. There's a vital, important part of our prayer life. The second thing is that prayer is oriented at Scripture. So that we become filled with the understanding of the Word of God. And the third one is that prayer is oriented at the will of God so that we become quiet and that we will listen to what God is saying. That is really, really important. Martin Luther, he said, Today I have a lot of work to do, therefore I have to pray a lot. So sometimes we say, Today I have a lot to do, Therefore, I have no time to pray. <coughs> and we, we should change our attitude when it comes to, to prayer. Um, I, I have a friend, and maybe some of you know him. He is a pastor in Switzerland. And he has this saying, and I like it. He says, manna before banana. Okay? So I'm mentioning that uh, manna stands for the presence of God, the Word of God. So make it a habit to have manna before banana. Okay? <clears throat> um, what, uh, I, when, you, when you look at the... Oh, there's something wrong here with my um, battery. Okay, fixed it. Um, Let's ask, what was the essential thing, the first thing the children of Israel did when God cared for them with heavenly bread? What was the first thing they did each morning? <laughs> they opened the tent. Is there manna? Okay. So they did it. Even on Sabbath, they opened the tent and there was no manna. <laughs> okay. No, just as an illustration. So the first things have to be put first. And prayer is something that has to be put first. Manna before banana. Okay. Um, Alan White says, The secret of success is the union of divine power with human effort. Those who achieve the greatest results are those who rely most implicitly upon the almighty arm. Interesting. She says that we can achieve a lot, but those who rely on the almighty arm will be those who achieve the greatest results. And she goes ahead. The man who commanded, Sun, stand still upon Gibeon, and thou, moon, in the valley of Ayalon, is the man who for hours lay prostrate upon the earth in prayer in the camp of Gilgal. The, on, here's, I, I like this sentence most. 
The men of prayer are the men of power. The men of prayer are the men of power. If you want to be or become a spiritual, a strong spiritual leader, you need to be a man and a woman of prayer. Okay, this is for later. I want to mention uh, again Roger Monod because I, I, I'm so impressed that... What, let me tell you, when, when he died, do you know what, the, what, the, what was written in our magazines about Roger Monod? Um, the, the main line was, um, we lost a prayer warrior. So he was really a spiritual leader because he was a prayer warrior. And I, I think I've never read something more impacting myself than what he uh, testifies. Let, let me give you the, the introduction of, of this book here, the third one, When You Need Incredible Answers to Prayers. <coughs> And I, I like it how he starts just the first few words my friend Jesus that's how he starts his book my friend Jesus continually responds to my prayer request as well as blessing my life constantly <coughs> he is even interested in what may seem the most insignificant details in the lives of his children our God who sustains the very atoms that make up our planet and everything on it has been reminding me of his care and concern by watching over something that might seem unimportant to many people. He has been allowing my Canyon PC1 desk copier to produce high-quality copies without any toner in the printer cartridge. And the story is in here, so you need to obtain a copy of this book, okay? I will not read from this story. <laughs> Maybe you can do it later on. But you have to stay in this room. You know? Okay, I stay close to the book. <laughs> okay. Um, in addition, my Lord has enabled me to carry on my intercessory prayer ministry despite my 70 years of age by restoring parts of my body to what they were like 50 years ago. No matter what may happen in the future, I can look back on what God has done for me and know that he always that he is always with me, even when he does not seem to answer or intervene. He has given me candles of love and care that will glow in my memory, no matter how dark the world may become around me. And they are rays of divine love and compassion that I want to share with you. Sounds interesting, huh? A man of prayer. So we, we need prayer. <coughs> so Elmoid says... Um, be, be sure to pray and counsel together before laying your plans. And then in the spirit of Christ, push the work unitedly. You know, that's just one sentence. That, that there are so many powerful things in here. Be sure to pray and counsel together before laying plans. And then in the spirit of Christ, push the work unitedly. That is spiritual leadership. 
You cannot do it alone. You cannot do it by yourself. You need other people to accomplish what God puts on your heart. Some of you may know um, PMC, Pioneer Memorial Church, in the States, at Andrews, campus of, Ad, uh, of Andrews University. And when I was there for worship, uh, worship service, uh, I saw these huge, uh, I would say it's, uh, these are carpets at the wall. And they are saying, forward on our knees. So prayer. Prayer is the foundation, one of the practical foundations for spiritual leadership. The how-to. Okay. So much about prayer. Now, effective leadership. Um, let's look what you can do. When Moses was much burdened, the Lord raised him up in Yithro, an advisor and helper. The advice was taken, and, he, and the burdens that have come upon him were divided with others, and a twofold object was gained. Moses was relieved, and he had a better chance for his life, and men were learning to bear responsibilities to qualify them to do work in positions of trust so that Israel should not learn to look to one man and trust in one man and think that no one could do anything for them unless it came before that one man. Okay, we, we know the story about Moses and Yithro and uh, the burden he had on his heart, and not on his heart, it was his whole life was burdened. Um, so, Ellen White is emphasizing here, Moses had a better chance for his life. She emphasizes also men were learning to bear responsibility to qualify them to do work in positions of trust. And the third one, we shouldn't, uh, the people should not learn to look to one man and trust in one man. Okay, so what is the practical thing in it? The key to successful leadership is not creating more time in one's life or packing more activities into one's day, but staying on God's agenda. So are you struggling sometimes to put all the stuff you should do into your 24-hour day? Some of you? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So uh, sometimes I, I need a 48-hour day. <laughs> yeah? Um, if this would be better, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But time management is, is something... Um, we are told for, for decades now, we have to do a balanced time management. You know, let me, let me tell you, time management is something very important, but time management is not the issue. It's something else. It's self-management. Because why? Because every one of us has 24 hours. Not more, not less. We have 24 hours a day. So... We have to manage ourselves that our life will fit into 24 hours. <laughs> okay? So, back in time, there was, uh, there was this trend to be more effective, to put more things into 24 hours. So, to accomplish more in the same time. So, then this changed in the 80s, and then there was this uh, trend of efficiency. Yeah? So to do the right things instead of doing as much things as possible. So it changed a little bit. Today, <clears throat> I don't want to, 
to, to be boring with my explanation. So today we have a completely different approach. Today we have an, an approach that is called um, shared life balance. Today, when you look how can you be a leader, strong leader, how can you accomplish a lot of things, it looks at your whole life. It's a holistic approach. Yeah? So um, it looks at your leisure time, it looks at your work time, it looks at your family, it looks at your relationships, it looks at your spiritual life as well. So today, when you look into all these management theories, you will find something spiritual does not mean that it is the same as the Bible, uh, when the Bible is talking about spirituality. But it, there's something that is even bigger than your life. Something that has to make sense in your life. Has to give value to your life. So they call it shared life balance. So let me, let me show you how you can have a balanced, a shared life and that everything fits in so that your well-being will not be um, destroyed and that you can serve God with the full potential and uh, capacity you have. Okay. Um, <clears throat> have, you, have you ever wondered why Jesus was never burned out? I think Jesus worked so hard, but he never was burned out. So, but today we have a lot of people being burned out. So, what what happened to him that does not happen to us? What what is his secret? <clears throat> the demands on on Jesus were really high. Everyone had ideas how he should spend his time, how he should invest his life. Um, so, and, well, there was a strong pressure. But the reason was, Jesus did something very unusual. Do you know what it is? He tried to do his father's will. That was his, his emphasis. That was the main aspect. So, Jesus says that he did only what his father told him. You have all these, these uh, scripture quotations in mind, I think. He did not anything by his own. Everything he got, uh, everything he did, he got from the father. So, um, let me see if I have a quotation here. Something, no, it comes later. Um, so Jesus, he was relying on the Father's will and on the, on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You remember when it says, when, when Jesus was baptized, it says the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. So Jesus, and Ellen White um, says about the life of Jesus, that he did not make plans for himself. Can, can you imagine that you have no plans for your life? No? No one, huh? So it's very hard to imagine. So how is it possible? I cannot give you the secret. The only thing I have is that the Bible has an, 
has a role model for me, and that's Jesus. He was talking with the Father constantly. He spent a huge amount of time conversing with his Father. I think there is a secret for us to submit ourselves on the will of God and to listen to his voice and then to make plans. And as I mentioned Ellen White before, she says we should pray and then we should work out our plans. But we do it the other way around, huh? We have our plans and then we ask God to, to bless our plans. Better not. Better not. Let's do it the other way around. So ask him first what we shall do and then do it. Blackaby says, leaders understand that their daily schedule primarily, primarily reveals two things. Those things they have chosen to do and those things they have chosen not to do. Okay, and now we come to the really time management or self-management uh, part. Yeah? So when you, when you think, oh, there's, there's something so big to do. I want to have a, a convention like this GYC convention. I want to do it in my little city of uh, whatever. Yeah? Um, imagine a name of a city. Is it, oh, there's so much to do. And before you have started, you're depressed. Because it's too much. Okay? And you say, okay, uh, I have oh, this to do and that to do. And then, okay, it's, it's over died yeah, before it started. So when, when we have to manage ourselves, we have to make decisions to decide what to do and what not to do. How do you know? How do you know what to do and not to do? Experiencing? Okay, sometimes, yeah. Ask God. It's so easy that it does not pop up in our minds, huh? No, it's so difficult because we have our plans, but we have to put down our plans and to ask God what we shall do. Have you ever asked God to, um, to show you if you should buy a, uh, a dryer? Do you do so day-by-day -day things and ask God and, yeah, you do? Oh, that's good. So, do you put all your plans at the feet of Jesus every morning? So, let's start to do that. Maybe God will change us completely and make, will make us to be spiritual leaders. Okay? So, but even so. We have to do something, okay? So have you ever tried to, to schedule your time? And you can do it um, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and, but you have to do, okay? So you have a full schedule. How do you manage your time? Uh, there, there are a lot of ideas out on the market, so I just want to mention something that uh, seems to me it should work well, yeah? So this is... Um, This is kind of, a, um, kind of a personal weekly calendar to schedule my time. 
and uh, I want to explain it a little bit to you. You see some blocks here. So I start with Monday. So maybe you will start on Sunday or on Sabbath, but I start on Monday, um, and I have some, some blocks here. And what I'm going to do is on, on Sunday evening, I take everything that comes up next week in this schedule. And I plan um, even my devotional time. I, I plan my, um, my leisure time activities, or some of them, what is important to me. Um, I plan the time with my wife. Okay? The romantic part. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, uh, and it's, I, I can tell you, it's not easy. Just try it. Just try it. Okay, so who wants to have the, the presentation? Then you have the format of the schedule, so you can print it out for yourself, and then try it. So, take some notes, these sticker notes, yeah, and put every date you have, every assignment you have, put in in these blocks. That means evening, afternoon, morning. And try to figure out that you know what will come next week. Because if you don't do, someone else will take your time. And it will be taken, for sure. If you do not plan, someone else will plan for you. And then you will struggle, even with your devotional time. So, so who's struggling with devotional time? Okay, so if you schedule your time, it's getting easier. So, and there are some, some guys saying, well, you know, um, wow, no, 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 that's, not, that's nothing for me. I am so, I'm so, um, so, so creative. I'm, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want to have a routine. So that's something that's boring to me. So, okay, leave them alone. Um, maybe they are struggling for more, 20 more years. Uh, but for, for me, it works. Maybe it does not work for you. So you have to find a format. But I'm just mentioning something that is possible. So put everything in here. And then you see how much space, how much time uh, frames you have left. And there comes the second part. Let me show you here something. Because when you, when you try to, to plan your, your daily schedule and the time you want to share for these daily duties and the time you want to share for the cause of God and for a project you, you want to accomplish for him and he put it on your mind, you prayed about it so and you know, okay, that's what I should do and you have the affirmation of, of the community, of your church or whatever entity it is, um, you know, okay, that's it. I have to do it. So schedule it. If you don't schedule it, you will never reach the goal. So if you see people who are successful, ask them. They have a schedule. They have a plan. They know what they are doing. And sometimes it's, it seems very rigid. But as you see, when I explain this one here, you will discover that it will give you more freedom than you ever had before. Yeah. So look here. What this chart shows is this is the amount of time you have. Okay? It's 100%, okay? I don't know how much time you will, uh, you will have in, in the, usually for, for one week. So, but it's 
It's a time you have. It's not just work time. That, that, was, um, that was a mistake by me. Um, it's your whole time you have when you're awake, not sleeping, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the whole time. So what you should have, you should have scheduled only 60% of your time. What? 60%? So if I schedule, no, if I schedule my weekly, um, uh, if, if I plan my weekly schedule, I would have 150% time. <laughs> I, I need so much uh, time, so it will not be enough. No, do it. And you see, that is why I mentioned this one before. So fill in everything, devotional time, leisure time, romantic time, whatever, yeah? And if you need a nap in the afternoon, schedule it, yeah? Um, and we, we go a little bit more in detail. Oh, yes, we have enough time. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so 60%. Why? So then you have 40% unplanned time, unscheduled time, and then what, what, uh, <laughs> what reality will show you is that this 60% will raise to 75%. But you know what? Then you have a time slot of 25% that gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. You can waste the time if you want. You can spend the time... Uh, with other people, you can take another project if you want, if you feel strong enough. Yeah? But this time, and this time is also for everything that is unplanned and unexpected. And you will not be in a hurry. You know? And that's, that's the secret for it. So start to do your weekly schedule just with 60% of planned time and 40% unplanned time. Will that be easy? No. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's essential. Yes? Okay? So, and then you have to, sometimes you think, oh, I want to I read a book. I want to read this book. That's so important. I, wanna, I want to get something more. You have to plan it. If not, as I told you, someone else will plan it for you. Okay? So, Next thing, let's see. Okay, there's something. Have you ever heard about Pareto? The guy, Pareto? Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it's more well-known in Europe than <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> so Pareto, he's a guy. He, he was in the 18th century, and he was a business sociologist. Okay, and he found out that uh, in business, everything works according to this 80-20 rule. Okay, 80-20 rule. What does the 80-20 rule... Ha have you ever heard about the 80-20 rule? Okay, so some did. <coughs> um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of... Uh, oh, it's okay. I will do this first. Um, 20, what, what the rule, basically what the rule says is that 20% of your time or your effort will result in 80% of the output or outcome. 20% effort, time, 80% of the outcome. Interesting. So that means, that means 
that you need for the rest, the 20%, you need 80% of your effort and your time. Ah, interesting, huh? So I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> Didn't work for me. <laughs> it works. It works. One I will do. <laughs> so it's up to me if I do it. Okay? Have you ever tried to do something like this? Just 20%? That's not something for lazy people. Okay, it's enough when I do 20%. Uh, I get 80% of the result. No. No, 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 no. It was just if you're dedicated. It's dedication first. Okay? But then you need only 20% of your effort to get 80% of your result. Who will, who will care for the rest 20% of the results you can get? Who? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the only one is me. <laughs> That's a perfectionist, huh? <laughs> okay. So, and then when you, when you remember that when you have a... <clears throat> uh, when, you, when you prepare a sermon or devotional or something like this, that your listeners will receive just 10%. <laughs> so they will receive 10% out of 80%. That means how much effort do you have to put? Okay, be careful. <laughs> be careful. Put all your effort in, but it needs just 20%. But let, let me give you some, some more examples for it. It's so interesting because it's ingrained in creation. 20% of product defect result in 80% of complaints. Interesting, huh? Or 20% of church members raise 80% of the crisis. Oh, that's not so nice. 20% of the carpet show 80% of wear and tear. <laughs> that's funny, huh? There's just these track, this line on the carpet. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, or 20% of our clothes will be used 80% of the time. That means you can get rid of 80% of your clothes. <laughs> okay? 20% <clears throat> of the employees cause 80% of the sickness, sickness absence rates. Interesting. So that is something that is deeply ingrained in creation. So when we take this and, and um, readjust our schedule to this rule, we can accomplish even more than we did before. But that's, a, that's not the point. It will free us some time for reading the Bible, praying, even more prayer. When we say, I have no time to pray. Have your schedule well planned. And you will have time. Okay? <clears throat> um, Ellen White says, should I mention this here? Yeah. I saw that we should be careful of our strength and not take upon ourselves burdens that others can and should bear. The work God requires of us will not shut us away from caring for our health. The more perfect our health, the more perfect will be our labor. You see, that's a holistic approach. So, God, you will not serve God better when you are exhausted. You will serve Him better when you are healthy. When your well-being is really good, when you feel the power, when you feel the strength, when you're fresh, when you're motiva motivated, when you can encourage others. So because spiritual leadership is empowering others. Oh, I'm so bored. I, uh, I, can't, I cannot do this. I, no, I, I have, to, I have to, to speak to the youth. 
no, 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 it's not possible anymore. I'm so overwhelmed. So who will empower them? If you're so exhausted, if you go to grave, and you know in Advent history, we had a lot of people who went to an early grave. That was not the will of God. He wants to have us fit for Him, fit to serve Him, fit to accomplish whatever He asks of us. And so we have the responsibility to care for ourselves. So time management is what? Self-management. Okay? Let's go a little bit deeper. Have you ever heard about the, the Eisenhower uh, matrix? Have you ever tried to, to, to organize uh, your life into these... Um, ah, I, I forgot the word, how you call this. Um, what is this little square... Amy, please help me. Yeah, the, the squares. A quadrant? A qua, a, whatever. No, the squares. Okay. In German, we call it quadrant. Is it the same in English? Quadrant? Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, you see, here is something. Um, so, you have one of these axes. It's urgent. Things that are urgent. High and low. And things are important. Low and... Oh, Hi, uh, the perfectionist hasn't, hasn't seen it. Okay, 80%, okay, 20% effort. Okay, um, so, four quadrants. Which one is the best one to live in? What do you think? If you work on these um, urgent, high urgent things and not important. High urgent, not important. What can be... Highly urgent and not important. Well, things that have to be done, but someone else can do it. Okay? Something is urgent. It has to be done. But it's not so important for me to be done. So, okay, someone else can do it. Or maybe it's, it's something that is it's urgent, but it's not important. So, what can be urgent? People are pushing on us. Yeah? Say, yeah, this has to be done. Uh, can you do this? So, yeah? And we say, um, maybe it's urgent. Well, it's not important for me. I will eliminate it. Okay. The, 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 the second one. It's highly important. It's highly urgent. Things that are matters for the boss. Highly urgent and highly important. Or when a baby is crying, you cannot say, that's not important. <laughs> maybe it's important but not urgent. But maybe it's urgent because the pampers uh, are full. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's important and urgent. Okay? So, whoa! The kitchen is on fire. It's highly important, highly urgent. And uh, some calls are highly important, highly urgent. So if the president is calling, <laughs> you should not say it's not important. Uh, Okay, so, but there's another one. There, there are things in our life um, that are not urgent and not important. Just the time wasters. Just um, looking around. Shall I do that? No. I will look at the internet. Oh, there's a magazine. You know, that's not important, not urgent. So it's a time waster. Okay, when you live, when you live in this quadrant, you will not accomplish a lot. And it will be um, 
It will be boring to you. Yeah? So, but there is one quadrant, and Eisenhower says, um, this one is the one we should live in. Things that are important and things that are not urgent. You know why this is, is good? When you have most of your time and most of your life in this quadrant? Because you can plan. It's important. But it's not urgent. I have time. It is, um, I can envision something. Um, or, what, what, what is that, what I wrote there? Appointments. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. Um, things you, you, you can exercise for yourself. There are a lot of things you can do in this. Uh, let, let, let me look here. Um, important and not urgent. What you do in this quadrant is you set times to do the work that are located in this part. And that's good because you will not feel exhausted when you live in this part. Covey, Stephen Covey, who is well known, says... Highly effective people do not really manage time, they manage themselves. And this is what the Eisenhower matrix or principle is showing. Yeah? You manage yourself, you have enough time, you have the important things in mind, but they are not urgent. So try to adjust your life that you have important things, but they will not urge you. You can plan. You can have time ahead. So sometimes we have also the, the really important and urgent things and we have to do. Amy, about this GYC convention, the things to do here, high important, highly important, and highly urgent sometimes. <laughs> okay, yeah. So there are times, but that should not be the usual time. Okay, good. Let me go back to, to something I missed. Okay. Um, and I'll show you again this uh, um, map here. Um, when you plan your time, <clears throat> when you plan your schedule, um, look at your daily rhythm. There are some early birds and there are some night owls. Yeah? Um, some rise to peak um, when it's late at night. And some are so fantastic in the morning. Uh, I don't know why, but um, I'm a night owl. Um, okay, so look for your daily rhythm. Look where you have to put the most important things in your schedule. You can go to this one back. Put the most important things in this area when you perform best. Okay? So that is something individual. Uh, as well, oh, what, what, I, what I like to do since a couple of months is I have something we call the super book. Have you ever tried a super book? <laughs> now you're interested. You're with me again, huh? A super book. What is a super book? It's, it's so easy. In times when you have all these electronic gadgets, it's something old-fashioned because you have to write it by hand. Ha, ha, ha. And I like it. <laughs> so, because it's in chronological order. I have everything here in this book, um, starting with a certain date. And then I write down everything that comes to my mind. Everything I have to do, 
everything I have to memorize. Um, someone gives me a business card, open it today, bam, stick it in. Uh, I, I, I write something down on a small note, take it, bam, stick it in here. So I have it, I have everything in here. I cannot miss something, you know, because it's just in one book. And then I review the book every week and look, okay, is this accomplished? Scratch out. Is this? Okay, boom, boom, boom. Oh, no, I, I haven't scheduled this one yet. Okay, I put it on today's part in chronological order. You won't miss anything. And it will free your mind. Well, free your mind. You will not forget things. And, you know, sometimes you're looking for a system at home or for your work. And, uh, okay, I, I will put this in this file and that file. And they have this system. I have, I have uh, 450 files and I need another file to file my files. Um, <laughs> confusing, huh? So, uh, so this one helps a lot. Try it. Start with a super book. Okay, this is a small super book. The next one will be... Double, yeah? So it's better because I can stick in uh, bigger sheets of paper, okay? So everything is in there. And you know what? After a year, you can re review your life. What happened? Oh, I have done this. I have completed this. I have accomplished this. Oh, man, whoa, look here. I forgot this. I have to call my friend. Okay? That's very, very good. Okay, so something else? You want to have something more practical? Um, how do you prepare your day? Um, do you prepare it in the morning? Yeah? Um, do you prepare it at all? <laughs> okay, so prepare it the night before. And take five, the five most important things and schedule them. Okay, so sometimes you have to review your weekly schedule. So, but, but do it the night before, and you can relax the five most important things for the next day. You can pray about it in the morning. You pray again. Ask God if you should do it or if you should shun it. That's nice, huh? So God can put something from his heart on your agenda. You want to do God's will? Do it this way. Give him a chance. Okay? Uh, what else? Oh, yes. You see, we, we have the work, uh, the work blocks here. We put in blocks. So schedule your amount of work, your daily work, in blocks. And do yourself a favor. Have just one or two times a day for email. Shut down your email windows. It's distracting. You will not accomplish what you need. So, because if, if there comes something in, you know, there are some uh, researchers who have studied the impact of, of distractions. And you have something like a saw that looks like a saw. Your, your, your concentration rises to a peak, and then the distraction comes, you're zero. And then you have to go again, and the whole day is like, like a saw. Yeah? How can you translate this? Okay, I have no idea. <coughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good translator. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so 
So have work blocks, and there's something else. I will add this. Shield quiet hours. Establish quiet, hour, quiet hours and shield them. Because you need them for concentrated work. Shield an amount of time, I would say at least one hour, where you can work on things with really concentrated. That is, that is so important. If not, at the end of the day, you, you think, oh, uh, when shall I do it? I have no time. Okay. Shield yourself. Um, turn off your, your cell phone. Turn off the computer if you don't need it for, for this uh, task. Turn off your email. And put a sign at the door. Don't disturb so that you can work. Tell your colleagues, tell everyone who needs to know that you want not to be interrupted. Yeah? So you, you will see how much you can accomplish when you have concentrated time. So our, um, the, can, can someone help me with an English word for fluch? The curse, okay, the, today's curse is that we are accessible all the time. And we have to be inaccessible again. You know state of the art today for managers? To be inaccessible. When it was decades ago, it was that a manager has to be accessible at all times. No. Make yourself inaccessible. That means devotional time, but it means as well the time when you need to concentrate on a work. When you have to do something for the Lord, have this time where you are inaccessible. And then you need time where you're accessible again. Huh? Okay. That's not that you say, I'm inaccessible all the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not a manager. Okay. So what else do I have for you? Oh, yes. Oh, well, there's a cardinal virtue. Write down everything you have to do. Because if it is not written down, it isn't at all. If you have it just in mind, it will go. So write down everything. That is one of the cardinal virtues. So, and when you have done it, then you can scratch it out. Okay? You understand what I mean? Yeah? And uh, that, that is uh, the, the case of the book. Write it down by your own hand because, you know, there's something that happens in your mind. So because the kinesthetics help you to remember, to memorize things. Yeah, don't, don't rely on all these uh, computer stuff. Yeah? So you get rid of it. Um, Okay, so what else is important for you? Um, you know, let, 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 let me ask you a little bit. Is there something you wanted to know in addition to what I have presented? Benny? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay. Okay, let, let, let me count again. Uh, so you, you work eight hours, and you, you sleep eight hours? 
And then you have eight hours left. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's take away the, the time for sleeping. Then you have 16 hours. Okay? So you have eight hours of work. You're employed. You have to do that. Then you have eight hours left. So and out of these eight hours, how much do you want to plan? Mm -hmm. So if you, if, you can, if you can plan your work time by yourself, it rises, you know? Yeah? But if you have just these eight hours, okay, try to plan it. You know? Not everyone is employed in the church. So, but you want to accomplish something for God and for the church. So then you have eight hours. Plan it. Plan your, um, your leisure activities. Yeah? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, no. You know what? You know what? You erase... You, you take your work time. Oh, that's a workshop, okay? So you can correct me. Oh, it's come to, it comes to my mind right now. Okay, you take... Oh, 16 hours. Okay, how many... Uh, how much time is it? 16 hours, 60% of 16 hours is... Nine, what? 9.6. Okay, so eight hours are work time. Then I have one hour and how many minutes? A little bit... 40 minutes, one hour, 40 minutes. Um, that's not much, huh? No. Hmm. You can change it. That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. You see? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Good. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm in the situation I have to plan my work time. Yeah, so for me, it's a little bit different. Okay? But you found a new way. Good. <laughs> okay? Something else. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, one thing is that we should live a life, a, a redemptional life. So what we know is that we should guide people or move people to do God's will. That is his agenda. So to move them from where they are to where God wants them to be. That means to do his will. Okay, that was basically this, this part. So we, we, if we have a close connection to God, we, we understand God's will. You know? And that is, that's part of the plan of redemption. So to move people there. Okay, because we are followers of Christ and we have to make, or we, we shall make disciples. Yeah? That is what I meant. Okay? Something else? Um, sometimes it may be important. But if you look what you want to achieve, um, you have to decide if it is really important. 
if you work on the on on the eighty percent, or if you work eighty percent of your time on the twenty percent of the outcome. So sometimes it may be, but usually, and that's something that comes from business, you know, and from from economics, and so usually it's not important. Yeah. For yourself, maybe, if I if I prepare a sermon, yeah. I know there are times when I. <clears throat> When, when, when there's such a good flow, I can write down most of the sermon within an hour. And then I'm sitting there for hours, brooding over the rest of it. Oh, man, that's so hard to do. But it was almost there. <laughs> if I had said, okay, fine, they would get only 10%. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so... You, you have to decide by yourself. So it's, it's, not, it's no approach for researchers. They have to have everything in detail until the end, even if you die. Okay. Something else? Please. Yes? You know, you know why? How many of you have regular breakfast? Uh, can I see the others who don't have? That's too many. Uh, you know? How many of you have regular lunch? That's not all. Every hand should be raised. You know, you, know, you have to plan it, you see? Sometimes you're such in a hurry... You have no time to eat, or you eat uh, and you take these uh, to-go things, yeah? So, grab it and, and swallow it, yeah? You can chew it later, uh, yeah? So, it doesn't make sense. If, 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 we, if we want to have this holistic view, if we want to have a healthy life and to be healthy and in, in good strength for the Lord, we have to plan each part. And this will free us because it's also time where we can relax, where we can enjoy. Yeah? Sometimes we are not able to enjoy anymore. Okay? Something else? Oh, tomorrow you can ask some, something more, but we have five more minutes. Please. Yes, that's the point. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what I should explain more. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what it says. Yeah. So 80% of your time, 80, uh, no, 20% of your time, 20% of your effort result in 80% of the outcome. Mm -hmm. Please. Um, well, you know, that is something researchers found out, and uh, I don't know how you can change it, basically. Um, there, there are some, there's a percentage where it moves to and from, you know, but, but basically that's what they are saying. So I have no idea. 
Yeah, that is something. That is something why I mentioned some uh, exa uh, some some uh, examples. Um, that is something that for me it it is seems to be ingrained in creation. Yeah, a basic principle. So uh, maybe someday we will we will have the answer, and God will offer us an answer why it is the way it is. So, but we have a lot of things that are astonishing. Yeah, and we do not understand them completely. Mm -hmm. Please. It's changing all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to do something better. So maybe in, in a decade, I have a new concept. Also, I have no idea. That's, that's also part of vision. Someone asked in the morning, can you say something about vision? So vision is something that has an expiry date. Maybe this has also an expiry date. For me, it has to fit. That's just something I mentioned. You, you have to find your own way, okay? So they, they had done some research on, on self-management, time management. And um, for me, um, it's, it's not so easy. Right now, I'm in a process of transition to come back to, to a more... Um, uh, organized way of living because I used to be a dean at a dorm. So, and oh man, I can tell you, <laughs> sometimes I was up late at night to do the stuff I needed to do to prepare some devotionals, to prepare a sermon or something because I was running around all the time doing administration and tick, 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 tick. And if I, when, I, when I opened my door from the apartment, <gasps> there they are <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> oh man. So, even if I had a day off. So um, I was kidding uh, for a couple of years. Um, I should make a T-shirt that says I'm off duty. Yeah, so, but uh, it's like being a parent, you know, you are 24-7 <laughs> on duty. So it was not so easy. But right now I'm in the process of transition and trying to organize my weekly schedule this way. Okay. And it's, it's really helpful. So I'm, I see results and getting better and better. Yeah? Because I'm also distracted like you are, most of you. Okay, please. Can you give an example of planning in blocks? In Okay, so that means, okay, good. Um, so start, start in the morning. So I, I have no stickers to put here, yeah? Okay, so start in the morning. I would plan my... That is what I missed, yes. I wanted to fill it out for you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow, next time, okay. So, um, start in the morning, put the devotional time there. From, maybe say from 6 to 7 or 7.30, okay. And then you have um, um, shower time. Hello? Okay, 50 minutes. And then you have your breakfast. Schedule everything. And then you start with, uh, you, you have to, to go to work, drive, or whatever. And you come back um, for lunchtime. So schedule your lunchtime. Schedule some, some time after that you have leisure time that you can take a nap. So say 2 to 2.30, okay? And then, okay, you have to go back to work. You're back at home at uh, 5.30. And then... You will do a walk with your dog. Okay? 
So I plan it. And then you see, okay, wow, wow, that, that's a lot. And my day is almost full. Okay, no, 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 it's not. Because something changed. Um, in time management, people used to plan only a day. And they changed it to plan a whole week. So the m amount of time you have belongs to a week. Okay? Because there are certain times when you work hard and long at a certain d day. But it does not mean that you have um, overscheduled your whole week. Okay? So you see, okay, this day is completely full, but okay, then I have to schedule for another day more leisure time or, or, or romantic activities and so on. Yeah? Um, okay? More, more helpful right now? Okay, so you, you, you schedule time for church and time for outreach and whatever, yeah? And then you see, okay, I have to... And when, when you have the overwhelming impression that you have scheduled too much time, then you have to reduce it. You have to get rid. Oh, I forgot something very important. Okay, there's a timer. Thank you. Um, Leaders have the ability to say no. And you will more often say no than yes. If not, you feel so important, you are pride. If you cannot say no, there's something wrong with you. Because Jesus said also no. Jesus did not follow every demand of the people. He could say no in a very kind and friendly way. Yeah? But you need to know you will do God's will, not the will of other people and not your own. So you have to say no. It's not easy. For, for whom of you is it easy to say no to something people are asking of you? It's easy. Man. Wow. Can we change? <laughs> My wife always complaining and saying, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good attitude. <laughs> yeah. So my wife is always complaining. Don't say yes. Say no. Yeah. Has something to do with self-worth and do you feel important? So part of the vision. Part of vision is uh, the other thing. Vision has an expiration date. You too. You too. Someone else can take over. And that is why we have to empower others. That is why we have to schedule our life in a way that we can empower others. They can take over and we can relax and ask God for something new. Okay? So we are running out of time. Thank you that you helped me. Because that you have been here was help for me. So I know where my mistakes are and you don't know. Maybe you are aware of it. Okay, that's fine. So let's stand for prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for the possibility to meet here to have this seminar. And we felt that you are guiding us in the direction of being better spiritual leaders. You have called each of us 
and you are preparing each of us so that we can do whatever you ask, that we can live according to your will, and the, that we can live lives that are fulfilled in your sense, and that we are able um, to manage our lives. You know, there are so many demands and so many urgent things. We think so. But maybe you have to free our minds that we can see the whole picture and that we are able to take the tasks you put upon our hearts. Please, Lord, lead us. We need you. And we'll ask for your, for your Holy Spirit that we will be filled with your Holy Spirit and that we will be people who will follow you and who, who can carry the work for this hour. In your holy name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. GYC are supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church seeks to inspire young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.